Welcome back to One More and We All Go. I'm Frank. I'm Brad. And I'm Travis. Travis is joining us. He is my backdoor buddy on the side. A side piece, if you will. Yeah, on the side. (laughs) So Travis uh, lives a caddy corner to the the back of our house uh, here in, in beautiful Carson. And it is Travis or Trev, never Travis. Correct. So... Tell us where it's pretty unique name. I've never met another Travis. Have you? Uh, no. Okay. Uh, so when I was born, they couldn't come up with a name for me. My dad, his buddy said, "How about how about Travis?" And my dad thought about it and said, "How about we put an E in there and call him Trev or Travis?" So do you correct people every time? Because I had a roommate in college named Cor Lee. And people would always call him Corey. And sometimes he would even tell people, hey, I'm Corey. Like, Wait a minute. I know damn well your name's Corley. <laughs> but he, w- he would just tell people, just because ah, it's just easier that way. Yeah, I agree with him. It's just easier that way. So um, if I don't know you and just met you, and let's say I've known you less than six months and we're not like interacting every day. You're not and, backdoor buddies. Right, we're not back door buddies. We're, <laughs> we're fine. Uh, some people that I've known for years still, they say, oh, Travis and I have been friends a long time. And my wife said, yeah, you really know him because his name ain't Travis. Right? <laughs> so at what point does it get awkward if, if we've known each other for six months and then you're like, by the way, it's Travis, Yeah, Travis, I, you son of a bitch. I guess it, I guess it, <laughs> it depends on how often we interact. I mean, if, if it's... Once every six months, then probably not a big deal. But if it's like daily, then I would probably say something. Right. I mean, just just out of respect. I mean, yeah, yeah, trying, trying to trying to get my name right. I, I mean, feel like and, an asshole if I got it wrong every well, single time. And that's why I say it's either Travis or Trev. I mean, most people can say Trev, but when they say Travis, it's comes out Travis. Yeah, I blame so. Randy. Randy Travis. For, right, right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> really, really yeah. screw him. I knew that's where that. he's going with it. Uh, so we started with uh, the story of your birth. Let's. Yeah. Uh, so tell us about growing up. You said uh, uh, you're you're from Nebraska originally. Yep. Yep. I grew up in Seward, Nebraska. That's uh, how far out is that from here? About 100 miles. Two hours. So roughly. All right. Just outside of Lincoln, isn't it? Yep. 25 miles west of Lincoln. Yeah. So and about six miles north. So uh, you got a big family, brothers, sisters, it's a big herd. So I technically, I'm a only child, um, but my mom and dad were both married before. So okay. I have two sisters from my dad's side, and I have two sisters and a brother from my mom's side. All right. So technically, I have four sisters and a brother. So right. that's, a, that's a big family, though. Yeah. So did you grow up all together, like no, co-mingled? No, no, no. Were Just they my, so far ahead of you age-wise? Uh, yep. So my two oldest sisters were 12 when I was born. Um, next sister was 10. Next sister was 8. And my brother was 6. Okay. So. Um, That's not that far apart. My my dad's two sisters lived with their mom and stepdad. Um, my mom's two daughters and son lived with us. So it was just kind of kind of like that. And then. Yeah, four kids in the same house is. Yeah. Quite the load, especially my uh, my oldest brother is six years older than I am, mm-hmm. and he used to piss pound the shit out of me. Did that happen with your brother? He's um, not a backdoor buddy. He's not a backdoor buddy. No. Uh, until I was about nine. And then you got bigger than him. Oh, yeah. You're not a small guy. No, I am not. 
uh, yeah, I did. did for, a, for the listeners, he's 7'9". <laughs> so I wish. <laughs> I wish. So what what kind of stuff did you do out there in Seward? Um, was it in the in town or out in the country? Or what did, so what my did you... folks divorced when I was seven. We were dirt-ass poor, just me and my mom. My dad married another family. And Now, when you yeah. say that, I think of that Ray Charles movie when he grows up poor and he fell in the wash tub and went blind. Like that poor? Yeah, so I that's do not pretty, like I do not rough. like I do not like chicken on the bone. Like so fried chicken. I can I can stand hot wings just because of the sauce, but because we were so poor that we ate my mom and I ate freezer burned chicken for three months straight and that's all we had for oh, breakfast, dinner and lunch. So I do not like chicken. You know uh, you're just strictly a beef guy then. Yeah, I played college football at Lamar's, Iowa. Hey, I helped, hey. helped do a building pad up in Lamar's, Iowa. Yeah. Well, I thought you went to school in Lamar's. Well, now we went to school in Sheldon, uh, but we were doing a job for Blue Bunny there. I yep. went to a blue-collar yep. school doing uh, dirt work and mm-hmm. construction stuff. And so we were doing a building site there for Blue Bunny, doing the job site on the south edge of town. We did a big yep. building pad for them where their cold storage is. Yep. But you're a little younger than me, so. I was... Yeah, I'm 40. Yeah, I'm 49. I'll be okay. 50 this year. I'm 50. But Lamar's quite a town. It's a neat place. I like it. Yeah. So, was it Morningside in Lamar's? What's it? Nope. What's the school? It was called Takeo Westmar. So the Japanese had bought it like two years before I went there. And then, so I don't the, know wait what. A minute, wait a minute. Wait a minute. The Japanese can just buy a school? Yeah. That's so, pretty impressive. Now, did it close after you left? Yeah. It closed, I don't know how long after. Because I switched. I was only there Hold one on. year. Hold the frick on. <laughs> because when we went down there, we stayed in an abandoned dorm. Not abandoned. An old dorm mm-hmm. is where we stayed while we were working there from Monday to Thursday. It was yeah. probably your old college dorms. You might probably. have been intimate with somebody in the same room. <laughs> That I was wishing no, I was, was intimate with somebody. By yourself. Right. right, right. right. My hand were being intimate together. Well, never know. My roommate squeaks. <laughs> yeah, never know. You got How'd Rosie you know? Palmer and her five sisters. Yes. That's all be damned. Because yeah. there, there was apartments upstairs and there was college dorms downstairs. Uh, they rented it to us. Well, this, because it was all dorms yeah. before. And okay. then our school rented it so we could work down there because we were doing the job site. We would right. only work like 38 hours a week for them to start paying us. Okay. So... We'd work Monday through Thursday, and then Friday we'd go home. Right. And then, uh, but, yeah, we spent a lot of time there hanging out, me and the whole crew. Yeah. I loved it. All right, we'll get to the college days no, here in a second. <laughs> Sorry about that. We were a little kid eating chicken in Seward. Yeah. Is that where you spent the entirety of your, your childhood was in Seward? Yes. Yes, until I went off to college to play football. And so I went to Westmar and Lamar's, Iowa. And then after my freshman year, I transferred to Bethany in Lindsborg, Kansas. Did, did you have a bunch of neighborhood buds you went around with and riding bikes and yeah, shooting well, BB guns, all the good stuff? Yeah, um, kind of. I mean, there was a couple. We weren't more in when I got into high school. I got some close friends. Uh, actually, probably more my freshman year. Um, I went to a parochial school K through 8th, so a, a Lutheran school. Um, how my mom ever paid for it, I don't know, but <clears throat> anyway, uh, got confirmed and then I switched to public school to play football. Um, so in the parochial school, I was like one of the poorest kids, always got picked on as yep. a big kid. Always got picked on, bullied, told, you know, told certain things that... Yeah, kids are assholes. Yeah, kids are <clears throat> pretty worst. much. Kids so, are the worst. 
Yep. So, so now I switched to public school in ninth grade. And then, uh, at that time, we only had tenth grade through twelfth grade in our high school. So, so I, I had some good buddies in in high school. We uh, built demolition derby cars together, and I used to be on the fire department as a uh, they called it the cadet program. Okay. So, um, did that, and then I went off to college to play football and. Nice. So tell so, us about your, your football career then in college. Uh, played at Westmire. Uh, was offensive tackle. Ah, I was uh, figuring safety. You're right. <laughs> Free safety. Right? Yeah, <laughs> right, because I'm so quick. Right. Uh, played offensive tackle there. Uh, uh, it was it was fun. We played in the Dakota Dome. We played in the Metro Dome right after the World Series. Played in the Metro Dome Classic. Um, then our head coach... And defensive coordinator left, so a bunch of us left and went to other schools. Um, I wound up going to Bethany and Lindsborg, Kansas, instead of the college in our hometown, Concordia. Um, I actually went NAIA so I could play right away instead of sit on the bench for a couple years. Oh, yeah. Um, so I went small time college football. I mean, instead of you know Division two or one or three or whatever. Um, it's probably a good thing I did because I tore out my knee and Oof. again and. Uh, I've had seven concussions from playing football, so. Talking to you, you wouldn't know it. (laughs) (laughs) That drool running down, you know. So. Uh, That one eye's a little lazy, but other than that, you're good. Right, right. right. So what what did you, uh, what did you end up going to school for there? Uh, I was actually going to go to be a corporate lawyer. Oh. I didn't want to do criminal lawyer. Yeah. I was doing corporate law. Behind the scenes, didn't have to go. Didn't have to try any cases. Right, exactly, yeah, yeah. So, um, and then I had to, when I blew out my knee again and couldn't play anymore, they were going to take my scholarship, so I had to quit, and I came home and started working. Did construction, welding. Uh, I was a welder for six and a half years. What made you want to get away from law? Couldn't afford to be in college. So the the colleges I went to cost. Oh, after you got hurt. Yeah, they were going to take my scholarship because I got hurt. So the colleges I went to cost more than than what my mom even made a year. Even though I was paying for school yeah. on my own. And I was working, playing football, going to school full time. So it it was it was tough. Yeah. So putting in hours is no no stranger to you then. No. Yeah. No. So um so you went to be a welder. Did you go to a welding program or just learn on the job training or did you always uh, have... I actually learned in high school. Okay. And then Working on my own, welding my own demolition derby cars up and. Yep. What type yeah. of welding did you do? Uh, MIG, stick, TIG. Well, I mean, like on uh, buildings or frames or. Uh, so I worked in a small job shop. So I've done everything from cast iron to the back end of a farm tractor that the farmer turned too tight with the, with the whatever he was hauling and busted the PTO and sprayed hydraulic fluid over the oh, nineteen fifty seven tractor he's still <laughs> yep. using. Uh. To sprint car frames, chromoly sprint car frames, to uh, aluminum machine parts for some company building plastic molds or whatever. So, yep. Yeah, quite a bit of it. Yeah. 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 So you got into welding. Uh, do you say you did some construction also? Did I hear that? Yeah, I did when I first got out of school. Did a little okay. bit. Of what type of construction? Just, just framing like a basement. It was an office. Um but just like framing and drywalling and okay, kind of probably just labor work. At yeah, that point pretty much at that age. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I was eighteen. Yeah, 
Right. 19. Strong back, weak mind. That's all we need. Per- pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. I was the forklift. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's easy to do at that age. Hey, we don't need a loader. We just got these got four these boys to come carry. Backs that are jacked up yet? Yeah, yep. we used to unload forty-foot, four-inch I-beams by hand. Ooh, I can't even fathom that. That's that's yeah. That's got to be a thousand pounds. Oh yeah. Well, so you'd you'd take you know a third of it and yep. start to get off the truck and then put it on a rolling dolly. But we instead of using a forklift to put it on the the rolling tables. Yep. It was us. You, you say they were 40 foot by 4 inch wide? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's good. I don't know what the weight per foot pounds. is. Yeah, it, it might be 3 million. No, it could be. they were probably about 2,000 pounds. That's yeah. a but, ton. That's a ton. Yeah. Right. But you do, you know, you do a little bit at a time with crowbars and stuff and get it going on to the, to the rolling tables. And then... You just kind of guide it off the back, but still to get that first lift onto the rolling tables. Just the tip was the hard part. Yep. Yeah. (laughs) Been there. (laughs) Yep. All the time. So now you kind of have, uh, it's not really a blue collar job. Well, actually, let's, before we get into what you do, let's talk about family life. You've got a lovely wife. You've got a couple kids. Yep. So my wife and I have been together 32 years this year. But Tucker's 34. No, Tucker's <laughs> going to be 17. Uh, so we've been together since uh, 91, so December of 91, and we've been married since October 26th of 96. Wow. So I hope you're right on those dates because I am right. She's going to be listening. I am right. Well, so, I want to hear so We've been married, dispute. what, 26 years this year? 20, 20, going on 27? Wow. This year? Congratulations. So, That's impressive. Yeah, it's a long time. That's what DMX would say. Mm-hmm. Long time. So, uh, you were living in Nebraska in Omaha when your kids were born? No, we were living in Milford, Nebraska. Okay, how far outside? I don't know. I've heard. So Milford. it's 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 part of Seward County. Okay, so it's just south. Same territory. Of, yep, and they have a trade school. So Tucker was born in Lincoln. Uh, he's set going to be seventeen the first of February, and then. Uh, like I said, did welding, worked at a manufacturing plant in the warehouse. Uh, they shut shut that down, wound up at a plating company working in their warehouse where we chromed Harley-Davidson parts um, nice. and shipped them. I did the shipping to Harley-Davidson in Pennsylvania and Kansas City. Hold on, I'm going to back you up a little bit on yeah. Tucker. So you know Wendell's, buddy of all of ours. Yep. And our good buddy Wendell says you plant corn, you get corn. And if you guys see Tucker, that's exactly what his dad looks like. You guys are peas in a pod. Looks just like you. Yeah, yeah. hell of a good kid. Yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah, yeah. We try, try to make sure that we raise them right. But yeah. So then I got on with uh, GE Transportation. So General Electric, same company that makes light bulbs, washing machines. They have they a make division. Everything. They had a division called the Transportation Division that um, builds locomotives. Got on with them. Uh, Tucker was born. Um, so I got on with him like October of 05. Yeah, 2005. Tucker was born in February of 06. So when you got on with G and the locomotive, were you always training? Training, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I got you. No, I got you. <laughs> yeah, um, kind of. I mean, see, I, hell, I didn't even know G built locomotives. I didn't either. Though. Yeah, yeah. Um, kind of wish could have found them sooner. You know, to yeah. make more longer career, but um, I did. I started out just as a hourly warehouse guy, 
uh, got promoted, went to Western Nebraska to be uh, what they call a technical, traveling technical guy. Did that for about a year, and then we became a, a full-blown shop there. So we had actual technical people, warehouse people. I became the warehouse manager. That's how we wound up out there. Um, was only supposed to be there five years. We were out there ten. Wow. So um, Riley was born out there, so she's 13 now, uh, soon to be 14. So You've been there for... 12 years is that what I'm hearing? What? Been with, where? With this company right now? No, this will be my 18th year. 18th year. Oh, holy buckets. So I'm assuming you'll probably be there for a good while. It sounds like you really enjoy the job from what I heard. You said you wish you have found it earlier. So they give you a career their, path. Their bosses aren't listening. Don't worry about yeah, that. Yeah, no, no, no. It's, they, they, honestly, they give you, you, you feel more like you have a career. You have opportunity to move up. Room to grow. Room, yeah. Room to grow. Try different things. I mean... Um, I never thought I would move from Nebraska or my, my hometown area, but yep. this job came along. Um, and within the company at the time, um, if you wanted to make more money, you had to, basically you had to move from your, your comfort zone. So that's kind of what we did. Um, I'm in my sixth different role with the company in this will be my 18th year, so technically 17 years. Right. I'm in my sixth different role with the company. So, um, so when you say they have a career path, so they say you start out here in the warehouse, yep. and then uh, if you do these certain things, then that's going to earn you this promotion. And if you keep it, doing your this, yes. this, and this, it, and then you just have the steps to, to advancement. Yes, you have the steps and the tools to advance to whether you want to be like Sounds a Sounds like a pyramid scheme. Kind of, kind of. Are you selling Avon? Right, right. So you have you have a path to go to like assistant material manager, which we tried to create when I was in Lincoln working there. Um, it didn't take off, um, but now they have created that. Then there's a material manager, and that's kind of about it for the material side. Mm -hmm. um, then you got the technical side where you start out as a technical advisor, and then there's like an assistant, like a lead technical advisor, and then there's the guy that manages the region or the shop or so All there's the, yeah, and then off of that there's there's like customer service, there's different things you can move back to Erie or Texas or and you know, so there you can be engineering, you can be a buyer, whatever, you know, so there's 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 I don't know probably 20 different opportunities to go. Plus you could go to different railroads. That's the cool thing that, oh. that, so I started out BNSF was my customer. Now UP is my customer cause I switched roles, um, back in 2014 and knowing that BNSF headquarters are in Fort Worth, Texas. No, I don't want to live in Texas. <laughs> right. Um, but in union Pacific headquarters are here in Omaha. So, so better chance of getting closer back to, to family. So So I'd never thought of this. On a kind of a different note, what's the lifespan of a locomotive? How long will them damn things run? Uh, well, uh they can run for like right. an iPhone, they're like, oh, this will wear out in five years to get no, 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 no. Um they do we do modifications to them to, to help 
advance them and improve them. There's shoot, there's some that's twenty years old, right? Thirty years old that are still out there running. It's just a matter of can you still get the parts? Can you? Do they bring them in and retrofit them so you'll take the sure. old and bring the core in and then you'll put all new components on it? Yeah, kind of. They're they're doing that right a now. A reband, if you will. Yeah, yeah, yep, yep. They're doing that with some of the older locomotives right now. So, which is pretty cool. I mean, some of the some of the stuff's probably 30, 30 years old. I mean, I've been with the company seventeen years. And you don't see very many used locomotives laying out in the fence row. Correct. When I got done with them. Like, yeah, I'll just park it back there. <laughs> right. <laughs> there's yeah. no there's no junkyard for trains. Yeah. <sighs> oh my I gosh, is there? Kinda. I mean, they're they're the customer's property because they oh, buy them yeah, from absolutely. us. So back, I mean, they they have big parking areas. So like North Platte is a huge one yeah. for UP. Um, Morrill, Nebraska, where uh, the mushrooms are from. Right. Hmm. Right. Oh, but so, <laughs> that's pretty good. <laughs> so uh, it, it just. I mean, the customer has places where they can store locomotives when they don't need the power to run to front oh, run okay. freight. So I was envisioning like this junkyard full of like the eighteen hundred steam engines. That, oh, yeah, that but, I don't you know. know. Yeah, no, I don't know. They turn that. them into museums in small towns, right? Oh, that's right. true. You ever been to Shelby? Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so when you say that you be is a customer. Yep. Is it? Do you just like order engines and I don't know? They're not wheels, are they? What are the traction motors? Tra- traction motors. There we go. So is that you just kind of outfit them with what they need to keep moving things? I want to say it's kind of like having a warranty on your car and you take it to the dealership to get fixed. Okay. I, I there's things that they that the company works out with the customer and stuff, and then there's what we do is we supply them parts to fix that locomotive, whether it's 10 years old or two years old. Okay. So, uh, it just depends on, on how the, they structured the contract with the customer and how that's done. But I, I don't, I don't have any. So if in six more years, you'll be in that position. Uh, no, <laughs> if I'm coming down tomorrow and I'm looking to buy a new locomotive, to pull my train. Yeah. Uh, what, what's that going to run me? Couldn't tell you. Each, cu- each customer is different. I don't know. It just depends on what you order. And 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 I, I, I couldn't. There's a lot of different options when it comes to them. If you want tinted windows or. I, it's got to be like I, a boat. I, like, I, I don't do you know. you want a speedboat or do you want a pontoon? They, I think every train would have a specific purpose, I would think. Yeah. Each customer has a, a little bit different what they ask for. Yeah. Um, I do not know. I do know that from being on two different accounts, but what they cost, what they, and, and some of this, I, even if I didn't know, I couldn't tell you. So, I heard him say a hundred million. That's my guess. No, yeah. no. He can't I, tell you what they cost, but I guarantee he can tell us part numbers for shit. <laughs> right. I, at one time I could have, but I don't even deal with that anymore. I've been oh. doing office work for four oh, years. Hold on. So I, I got a friend, Adam, that worked at UP, still works at UP. Yep. But evidently, it was illegal to own a train horn. Have you ever heard anything about this? Yes. It, what do you think about that? Because they were too dangerous for public to have. Yeah, so I've I've heard that. And so, do you guys have those at your store? Can you? Let me, what <laughs> no. we're saying is, can you get us some train horns? Nope, I cannot. You just have the components to build the engine. Uh, no, our our group builds more than just the engine. 
All right, but, he's he's winking at me. So we're getting some train horns. No, <laughs> no, I can't. I, I can't even get train horns because I was thinking about doing that for Tucker for oh he would love it. He would love it. Yeah, put that on the the demo car. That'll be his it. race car. He's his race car. He's that takes you back to the train junkyard. We need to get out there and find some train yeah. horns. Yeah, black market yeah. train horns. I I've I've heard there's parts out there off locomotives, but um, how they got them, I don't know. It's interesting. Uh, you know they go both ways. The train horns. Yep. Do they really? Yep. Yeah, because they don't yeah. know which way the engine is going to be going. Sometimes they're pushing, sometimes they're pulling. Yep. Oh, exactly. Okay. It's not where my mind went. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, one side sucks, one side blows. Uh, <laughs> it's got right? two holes. <laughs> All right. So, <laughs> so we mentioned that we, we got through the career. I think, are we yep. satisfied with the career stuff? I'm be- good. Because uh, I wanted to get into... You said that Tucker does some racing. Yes, sir. Um, and you did some, did you just do demo derby or did yes, you do I, racing? Um, I did a couple of races, but nothing like what he's doing. Yeah. So tell us about how, how did you get into racing? Um, so my family's pretty much always done racing. Um, grew up around it. My uncle did sprint cars at uh, Midwest Speedway at in Lincoln, Nebraska. Um, and then he used to race, uh, it's called the, ra- it used to be called the Race to the Clouds. They race up Pikes Peak. Oh shit! I heard about that on on the Fourth of July. I don't know if they. I heard they still do that, and it's paved, and now it's all pretty much electric cars winning all the time. But <laughs> I, I I don't know. I haven't watched it for have years. But that revs, right? You don't want to hear right, that. right, right. Um, then my brother-in-law raced stock cars, and he kind of got me into it when um, after my sister and him got married. And then we started my nephew racing at eight years old running micro sprints at Waverly, Nebraska. So they look like a full-size sprint car, but they just run on a motorcycle engine. Oh. Um, it's got to be pretty zippy. Yeah, it was. Um, but when I was about 16, decided I wanted to try, well, I was probably 15. I wasn't even old enough to drive when we decided to do it. But, uh, do you have to have license or race? Uh, yes. You have to have, it depends on, like we, for Tucker, we have to have an IMCA license. So we have but to, I mean, a regular driver's license to race on the yes. track? Okay. Well, no, I take that back. No, you do not, because you can start racing at 14. But when my nephew started, he could start at 8. But I used to, anyway, back when I was 15, I decided I wanted to drive demolition derby cars. Fairly inexpensive at the time. Hold Why? on. There was 8-year-olds racing full-size cars or just the, the my, micro, my, my, micro, micro sprints? sprints. Okay. Because I was going to say 8, I mean, I, I'm all for kids driving young. I don't care if they are eight years old, but eight, they're having a hard time seeing over anything. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> these are these are right. just like glorified Big, glorified go-karts. But they're still going 50 mile an hour probably, aren't they? At that? Uh, probably it was a, what was it, a 50cc Yamaha. Okay. So it probably got up to 40, 50 miles an hour yeah, down the, the street. Those sprint car wrecks, boy, you see those yep. all the time with the big ones. Boy, yep. they, they get hit hard. S- same thing with the micros. Yep. It's just about, all about scale, right? Okay. So. So imagine a third of the scale of a full-size sprint car. That's, okay. So. So demo derbies. Yep. Tell us, do you uh, did you ever find the the crown jewel, the 1972 Chrysler Imperial? Uh, nope. I was poor, and we ran whatever we could find. So we whatever we found that year, that's what we ran. So we mostly ran Fords because nobody was around on them. Um, and they're durable. We actually made it to the finals every year. Never won one, but we we <laughs> yeah. always made it to the finals. And we usually got two derbies out of a car. 
Really? So hold on. there's a weight scale, right? If your car's too heavy, it, not for Derbyan. I, I don't know anything about Derbyan. I've seen See, them. You are a Derby announcer. No, the mud bogs. Oh, okay. mud bogs. But but I know they don't they weigh them. Is that wrong or right? No. Not a Derby car, but a race car they do. Okay, so you yeah. but you don't want them too heavy, right? Because you want to put gussets in there so your frame doesn't give way or your engine compartment right to protect uh, stuff. Am I my way out of line here? Yeah, are, Okay, well, are we talking well, race talking car? talking derby. Talking derby. Derby cars, back when I did it, it was it was pretty pretty simple. You just threw a bar behind the seat. If you and uh, if you took the dash out, you had to have a bar up there. Um, couldn't run Bobcat tires. Couldn't run snow tires. Um, really wasn't supposed to do any gusseting or anything. It was supposed to be meant to be factory. Right. So you they, can, they don't want you getting too much traction to get too much <coughs> speed up to hurt somebody. Is that right? right? Yeah. That, I mean, uh, that was the point. That's why they watered and made the track all money. But right. s- some places left the track dry, and you could really, really you, you could also, really go. And then they have obviously they had either chained where you just blew a hole in the doors and chained it, or they had full welds where you could weld every body seam that you could find. Uh, yeah. So, as a driver, would you rather a track nice and wet and slick, or did you want to get it dry so you could really get some heat on somebody? Um, so, I I preferred it muddy. Uh, especially moist. Moist is a proper term. <laughs> okay. Moist. I preferred it moist with... <laughs> and I preferred being in, like, the, the first, like, two heats instead of the nope. third or fourth. No, we can stop now. We just need that sound clip. <laughs> no. I preferred it moist. Because uh, so, it got too sloppy. Um, no, actually, it gave you more time to work on your car. If you something happened that you didn't make it through your concy or oh, through okay. your heat, you got more time to work on your car than if you ran the third or fourth one, because I mean, and plus the track the track dried out, so the hits were caused a, caused a little more damage than okay. than if it was muddy. So um, that'd be I, some pretty good redneck engineering, wasn't there? When you got a hose blown or a tie rod or something, you guys were over there in the sidelines trying to fix it to get back in there for the next heat. Um, we did. I've I've welded with a coat hanger to put a washer back on <laughs> yeah. the transmission. Um, put pepper in the radiator to stop leaks. Um, yeah. you, you do what you gotta do to try to make duct taped a uh, a distributor cap back together because hmm. it hit the firewall. It got hit so hard it motor mount broke and came back hit the firewall. And broke the cap into a bunch of pieces. Found all the pieces we could find, duct taped it back together, and went out and ran. I mean, <laughs> hey, you do what's, what what's going to happen. You do what you got to do. I mean, yeah, you're not trying to sell the car. You just need to last in there a half hour to uh, ram uh, some people. Right. Yep. So. So was that as much fun as you could have? You think the demo derby? Because I, unlike Brad, I thought Brad announced demo derbies because yeah. I used to do it for the East Pot County Fair. I haven't been to one in years, actually. And uh, so then we used to do. I used to announce all the demo derbies, and that's where the '72 Chrysler Imperial yep. came up because it was illegal. You couldn't. Yep. You, you couldn't run them because it was too stout. Yes. Or what? Yes. So no shit. That, yep. That's what uh, we decided that the girl's first car would be was a '72 Chrysler. <laughs> right. Yeah. They they were. They were too stout. Um, something about the frame. Uh, I, I ran against a couple, and uh, they had been through, I don't know, five, six derbies, and it just looked like taking a beer can and crushing it yep. and then blowing it back out. It was just wrinkled. Nothing was <laughs> This is like Grandma had been home from the bar a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she yeah. sideswiped a few, but she's <laughs> all right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the body would wrinkle, but the frame wouldn't bend at all. 
No shit. Yep. So. Probably what, an 8,000 pound car? I couldn't tell you. Never owned one. Yeah. There's time now. Uh, I, you got $8,000 to go buy one? For a demo car? Yes. Oh, my. De- demo has changed so much that that it's it's ridiculous. They run, uh, depending on the class, obviously. Um, they run, uh, we were just at one, sure. We were, we were just at one in Kearney, Nebraska, indoor, called Cornhusker Chaos. Okay. And uh, so my nephew and his buddy built, it was a team show, built, they each have their own car, but um, it's called Limited Weld. And they have engine cradles and training cradles and pinion brakes and sliding drive shafts. So a pinion brake is a a rotor on your pinion with your brake, so you don't even use your factory Kind of like a monster truck because those are kind of, kind of, yep, yep, yep. And they have brake pedal, gas pedal that mount right to the floor, and you you hook it up. Um, shifter cable, so nothing's really stock about the brakes at all. Huh. And then they have engine cradles, training cradles to pr- protect their investment in their whatever they got in there. Oh, so they take it out so they can save the drivetrain for the next correct unit. Yep, okay. Yep. Yep. So, um, I've heard of guys spending twenty grand for for cars to run. Just for a demo, you're purposely going to go in there and beat the shit out of it. Yep. Well, like buying a car for a high schooler. Well, but but some of these you can win. If you win, you get ten, twenty grand. It just depends on the show, right? Really? Yeah, oh yeah. Son of a bitch! I've been going to the wrong demo derbies to announce. Well, they only pay me in beer. Right. We get, we get most of it out of them. That's <laughs> <laughs> five grand. Did, did you ever run any demo derbies in Iowa? Was your demo nope. derby career over when you got to Iowa? Uh, I've, yes, my demo derby career has been over since. But that's not what Tucker's doing now. He's, nope. He's racing. Yep. So we're racing. Not supposed cir- to hit people. It probably hits a few people. Right. Though. We're doing circle track at Harlan, Iowa, Shelby County Speedway. We're doing sport compact, IMCA sport compact. So okay. he's had the car since. He's been 14. Unfortunately, we couldn't race our first year um, because of COVID. Yep. Uh, second year, we're going to race Eagle, Nebraska. Um, that's a big d- one. Just because that's where my family's at. We've always done racing as a family. Oh, it's shutting down now, isn't it? So, Eagle? No, yeah. that's I-80. Okay. No, wrong track. So, Eagle got rid of their sport compacts, so... Um, we didn't race the second year, and when he turned 16, it was like, we got to get this done. Let's get going. So we actually had to move the seat back 12 inches. <laughs> Tucker's that's, a big kid. That's how much he had grown. So we moved the seat back 12 inches. We can't move it any further. Um, but, yeah, so we got started in June. Uh, Tucker did a great job. Uh, he finished fifth in track points. Um, as a rookie, he got rookie of the year in his class. Good for him. And we finished 70th, 70th in the nation out of 232 or 36 or something. Respectable, like that. isn't it? Yeah. yeah, considering we only raced one night a week, where a lot of these yeah. guys might be racing two, three, three nights a week. So, so how, how does that work? In, sorry for being an idiot about racing. No, but you're fine. Uh, so is it like a circuit? Like Brad and I are familiar with PRCA Rodeo. Yep. So these guys can go to different different rodeos in the yep. area. Yep. 
Is the same thing? Are same there, thing. How many how many tracks beside Shelby County Speedway? Oh, there's in the area? there's drivable distance where you're not. Just so how much there's you drive. Yeah, so there's Stewart, Iowa. Okay, that's a haul though. That's a couple hours. Um, I heard Corning is NASCAR license yeah, instead wheeling. of IMCA license. Yeah, the sure. Wheeling NASCAR series. Yep, yep. So can't can't go there. Um, I mean, he could. He just ha- would have to have. If he wanted points, he would have to buy a NASCAR license. Oh. So you have to buy an IMCA license to to race. But you're kind of thinking it would be sweet to have at least a NASCAR license. No. No? No. Just to say, I've got my NASCAR license. I was going, <laughs> well, I was I'm going actually fast. a NASCAR driver. I was going fast because yeah, of my NASCAR license. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So Eagle, Beatrice, Nebraska has one. Um, Denison okay. is an IMCA sanction. All right. Um, it's just all, all about track size and how comfortable you feel letting your kid kid run. So you think this is a racing thing, career, something Tucker want to stick with? I mean, try to get serious about it? And yeah, yeah, I think. the NASCAR circuit or something? Oh, no, he, he, he's got a long way to go. Well, I didn't know if he would try to get on a team somewhere and work in the pits and work his way up. I don't know how this works, but I, I assume he got to work his way up. I think he would, he would love to probably do something like that. Um, so the, the, cause he races AMC sport compact. These are front wheel drive cars. Most of them. Yep. And it's not like driving a stock car where it's V8 rear wheel drive. This is just the opposite, right? Right. So on, uh, a stock car V8, if the left front is coming up, that means you're getting traction out of that right rear. You're, you're grabbing really good well on a front wheel drive car it's just the opposite that right front's getting traction if the left rear's coming off the ground oh so there was times that we had that left rear probably 18 20 inches thinking the car's gonna flip because you know we didn't know we're learning trying to figure out spring ratios and and how to make it hook up i mean we were getting tons of traction we just didn't know what we didn't know. I mean, so Harlan changed from four, I think it was four tenths of a mile down to a third mile um, this year. So in 2022. They made uh, the track that much smaller? Yep. They made that track that much smaller. How, that's not that easy just to make the track smaller. They redid the whole infield and everything? Yep. Yep. I'll be damned. So they used to be able to park in the infield with the truck and trailers. Yeah. Now, now we park on the outside. Why did they make it smaller? What's the reason for that? Um, so the story I heard was it was because of the late models because of I eighty shutting down, uh, but I I don't know exactly why, um, but that's what I had heard. The late models wanted a place close to run, so, but but build your own track, you sons of bitches. <laughs> right, <laughs> but at so they're doing about sixty five seventy miles an hour down the front straightaway on this third mile in a front wheel drive car. Oof. And, you know, we're taking front-wheel drive cars, and they're not made to be race cars and, and turn left, nope. you know. Do they have rear brakes separate, or, I mean, all the brakes nope. just factory brakes? Yep. Okay. Yeah, so on the IMCA Sport Compacts, it, lowest class you can run, pretty much everything's pretty much stock. As far as suspension parts, we can't add weight. We can't um, put weight jacks in to help make it turn. We can't... Um, we can't stagger our tires. So stagger is because you're turning left. You want the right side t- tires taller. Now I see that like, cause you race with Manzers. 
They do figure eights. Okay, because I see they put little donuts on the back inside mm. for that reason, right? Um, they're driving front wheel drive class, so yeah, I don't know why they, I, I don't know why they put the donuts on. I mean, I've seen both because I got a buddy that does the same thing and races against them. Why they're putting donuts on? Because he does the same thing versus like a full tire. Yep, I've seen both do well. I don't know what the I don't know because you're yeah. you're turning left and right so you wouldn't want any stagger going both directions yeah right where we're just turning left so you want the right rear taller to help the car turn right so I'm I'm in way over my head in this racing stuff Frank I don't yeah know, I don't I'm, know not, I'm not I'm not familiar as my grandma used to say you don't know dick about fuck <laughs> and, <laughs> and she but, did she used to she used to say that to me all the time when I was just a little kid. Um, so what's the deal? In forgive me again, uh, no, but you can claim parts off of other cars. Is that still? Oh a yeah. So there's a claim rule. So you like in his class. Um, I think, I think you have to be IMCA licensed. So you have to have an IMCA license yep. to claim the claim. But in his class, it's claiming the whole car for. I want to say it was fifteen hundred bucks, and we got. Obviously, everybody's got more than that in their car. Yeah. In the upper classes, is like claiming the engine. Yeah. For whatever price is of that class, I don't I don't know, but um, what the price is for you you each commandeer class. like a pirate like I this is my engine. Uh, no, you have to put the money up. I mean, obviously, you have to put the money up, and you have to like I said, you have to be a of, I, whose, of whose car. I mean, you're you're betting you can win this. No, no. So if you finish in first place, okay. and I finish last, and I have an IMCA license, I can put, let's say it's two thousand dollars. I don't I don't know what the upper classes are. Okay. I put say put two thousand dollars. Say I want to claim his motor. And you, if you refuse, you're kicked out of the track, or you're suspended for however long. If you refuse again, then you're you're done. But it's got to be a fair offer for the motor. You no, get. no, it's a flat. It's a flat. You yeah. could have ten grand in that motor, and I want to claim your motor for two grand. If you say no, then you're suspended for however long. So how would you win that fellow's motor? By winning the race, you got to win the whole race. No, 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 you just no. no. Gotta place under them. Yeah, yeah. You just have to have an IMCA license. I don't. So it used to be you had to you had to start the A feature to claim a claim a motor okay. or a car, or whatever. Way back when, I don't think it's that way anymore. I don't, we didn't have anybody claim anybody, so I don't know. What a bunch of horseshit that is, though. But I think I think it doesn't if, make sense to me. I think if you didn't make the A feature, as long as you have a IMCA license, you can go up and claim. His motor. It used to be somebody out of the grandstands could claim your car. Yeah. <laughs> it's, so. it, it's just the weirdest, yeah. weirdest yeah. rule ever. My wife but it's mad supposed to be... I come home with like three derby cars. Or three... <laughs> I claim that bitch. I all mine. I'm taking her home. But uh, it used. To, I think it was designed to keep fair. So some guy couldn't dump a hundred thousand dollars into yes. his car and just win every race. Yes. Some, some guy who has two grand in his pocket say that's mine now. Yes. So it was just kind of level the playing field so no one put too much into the rig. Correct. Okay. That makes sense. But people do, and they refuse it, and they take the suspension and thank come back. For, and thank you for dumbing it down, Frank. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's exactly the whole... It was to make it a, a level playing field. I feel... I'm gonna, I feel like they should have done that in porn, too. <laughs> sure. I claim that dick. 
Yeah, I mean, these guys are showing up with <laughs> sometimes four or five inches of wiener, and I'm over here like, what the fuck is this guy showing off about? So are you are you telling me your wife thinks this is six inches or what? He's holding his hands this far apart, by yeah, the way. Just, yeah, like you got a huge Yes, fish. absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and don't anybody tell her different. That's right. As, my, as the bridge builder says, don't ever teach her how to read a tape measure. Right? Oh, man. <laughs> right. So you guys were asking about Tucker's car and stuff. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. So, um, so he's at the age where he can try to, him and his buddies can start working on it. Um, do all the work yeah. here at your house? Yeah. Yeah. We got a, we got a buddy that we store it at, um, with our trailer and stuff. And, um, we'll try to try to do the work at the house, but it's not even IMCA sport compacts. It's not a cheap sport. So anybody wanting to willing to sponsor, a Ooh. <laughs> sponsor a, I'll allow it. Yeah, sponsor absolutely. a kid for uh help him out uh make the make the races. Um Do you think that would be a, a career that maybe Tucker'd want to look into is is his professional uh, uh, career as uh, he gets out of school? I honestly do. I think I, I so he kinda wants to go into welding and mechanics. Yep. Which is a great trade by the way. I'm trying to steer steer him towards welding. The only reason is because my brother-in-law was a professional mechanic. My nephew was a professional mechanic. The tooling they own and don't use anymore because it's outdated or yeah. or whatever. Um, and perfect example, um, my brother-in-law and I have had this discussion, is that it's great that Tucker wants to learn mechanics and be a welder. I love that he's going to go to tech school. Love it. Um the problem is he doesn't need a thirty-eight thousand dollars snap-on toolbox, to, right, to be a mechanic. But or he's gonna just, want it. Well, I'm just, not paying for it. No. Or just as good as the husky from Home Depot. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. So I mean, I just don't want him to start life out in being, especially if he chooses mechanic. And those but, tool trucks, like drug dealers, they show up every yep. month. And those mechanics run in there, Jones, and they're itching and scratching. Oh, what kind of ratchet's got this week, bro? <laughs> yep. Ooh, this 10 millimeters free. <laughs> right. Right. Got well, a $80 well, socket. It, it's true. Um, my brother-in-law worked for Cat, and he was a heavy equipment mechanic and a forklift mechanic for him. And um, he said, yeah, we had these kids come in, you know, just out fresh out of tech school, and they're making great money. Yep. But by the time uh, payday came around, they said, oh. I'm broke, you know, I'm, my paycheck's all gone already. No and, he, and he'd be like, why? Well, rent, food, tool bill. Yep. You know, he yep. said, he said a lot of them, just, that's, they're tool debt poor. And and it's, it is a status too. When you, I, we had a, we had a tool truck came through our school and, but yeah, guys. Oh man, look at his setup. Look at his box. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, my craftsman works just fine, <laughs> right? Yeah, we've we've discovered Harbor Freight. Mm-hmm. You know, I just went in that store for the very first time last weekend, and I was very impressed. I thought it was. I mean, it feels like it's cheap just because it's in a an old Best Buy, right? But shit, I'd have no problem going back in there and spending some money. Yeah, and yeah, maybe the tools aren't going to last you fifty years, but. Most people don't need them that long. Uh, I bought <laughs> well, some wood clamps, and they're guaranteed for life. Yes, yes. So that's the cool thing about Harbor Freight is that, like, the... Big sponsor of our show, by the way. Also, Harbor Freight should sponsor Tucker's car. Right. Yeah. We're giving them so much pub right now. Uh, <laughs> right. 
Um, but their their hand tools, their mechanic tools, have lifetime warranties on some oh, of those. Yeah, yeah, Pittsburgh. Yep, yep. So we we bought some for the race car. We bought a three hundred and one piece tool set. I don't know if this would classify as insurance fraud, but <laughs> most of these tools have a lifetime warranty. And I had a uh, a Cornwell ratchet. Yeah, that didn't ratchet worth a shit, and it was yeah. a hundred fifty dollar ratchet. Yeah. Big 24-inch deal. Yeah. So I put it in my vice. I'm like, well, I'm going to finish this bitch off and go get me a new one. Yep. Motherfucker broke the head off my vice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is a really well-made ratchet. Right? Right? If it were in Pittsburgh, it would have broke. Yeah. I, I clamped it in there, and I had to put a cheater pipe on, and I'm wrenching on it. And the clamp portion of my vice, the portion that moves back and forth, fell off on the floor. I'm like... Oh, I lost that's that the round. Greatest thing I ever, that, is, that might be my best. That might be the best story you've ever told. Now, here's a, was was the vice lifetime warranty? No, <laughs> no, no. I don't know a vice that is. No, but it, I mean, it was a big, serious vice we've had in the shop for twenty plus years. And you uh, ruined it. You yeah. ruined it. Yeah, Way I, to go. All I did was I just clamped the the knob of the ratchet or the hex of the ratchet in there and was like, oh, I'll just finish this off and clunk. I'll be damned. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, so Cornwall ratchets are pretty nice. Yeah. Yeah. It's no Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. So uh, we talked, uh, I think we talked about uh, everything except my favorite question is, what was the very first job, Trev, that you had that you had to pay taxes on? Oh, yeah. Uh, I was, let's see, first job I had to pay taxes on. I was a dishwasher at a restaurant in high school. That's the first job I Did ever Did you like paid. that job? Nope. nope. <laughs> because nope. they took taxes out. Right. Because right. back then, minimum wage was what? I don't know. $5.35? Two bucks? I, shit, <laughs> I don't know. I'm, well, I'm old. You're supposed to get tips. Uh, that's, yeah. So dishwashing. I did a fair amount of dishwashing. My parents owned a restaurant when I was a kid. Really? In Oakland there? In Oakland, yeah. Yep. What'd they own? Uh, it was called, well, I wasn't old enough to work at that one. My dad had one. I don't even remember what it was called. Uh, my mom had one called America Cafe. Yep. Which was it was hilarious. good. It was yeah, but it was it's where the Buckstort is now. Yep. Oh okay. When, before the Buckstort burned down. Okay. It was that original building, and I lived on the one side of it, and was the shorter cook and dishwasher on the other side. So okay. Short commute. Okay. <laughs> uh, I didn't know there was an apartment in there. It wasn't. I just had my bed on the other side. Uh, <laughs> so yeah. So I've done some dishwashing, Brad. You ever do some? No, I never wash any dishes. My mine were always uh, blue collar jobs. I worked at the feed yard for five bucks an hour, and then I in college I worked at a sale barn up there, moving cattle around and cleaning pens and stuff. But uh, yeah, mine was always physical labor job. Well, I guess dishwashing is too. But yeah, mine were always farm related jobs. But I, yeah, I've never had a uh, restaurant or office job or anything like that. So Trev, when you uh, go to a restaurant and they come out with your plate and you see a little speck. On the, the corner of the plate where the dishwasher didn't quite get it, do you? I'll allow it. Do you? <laughs> yeah, I no. That guy's washed a hundred eight no, plates tonight. I'm no, not gonna. I'm not a complainer, but you. So to be fair, you asked the first job I paid taxes on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I worked for farmers. No taxes. From, from the time I was probably ten years old, moving hay and cleaning sheep stalls or cow stalls or. So I always worked for farmers in the summer that you just asked about what yeah, was my first job yeah. paying taxes, which was a dishwasher. But yep. 
Otherwise, no, I, I, I'm like Brad. I worked for farmers all my life. Right, but you've never paid taxes since, I bet. And farmers are notorious. <laughs> right. Farmers are notorious for being up on tax law. Yeah. What, what, what about this? We didn't ask this. Uh, what, what's your bucket list? What do you want to do when you're tired in your golden years? I know you're a little ways from it yet, <laughs> but yeah, do you think you want to go live on a beach somewhere? You want to no. live in the mountains? You want to go make moonshine in a cabin somewhere? Uh, maybe. Uh, so I've always been like into motor racing, race snowmobiles, race. Uh, we did a lot of snowmobiling when I was growing up. Um, thanks to my sister and my brother-in-law. Um, race all uh, rounds around uh, the retirement community. Right. Yeah. No, <laughs> I, I'd like to, honestly, I think I would like to travel to different racetracks and just Ooh. watch. I mean, I'm big into dirt racing. Um, anything, even demolition derbies, even anything with a motor, whether you're racing lawnmowers or mini bikes or whatever, I, I'd like, I think I'd like to just kind of see the country and go to different tracks and say, Hey, I've been there and yeah, I know it's, I know it's like, have you been to any so far? Uh, been to Kansas Speedway when the trucks race there, been to Texas Speedway. Um, we used to race at at uh the tulsa shootout in tulsa oklahoma at the indoor so they're doing the wow. chili bowl right now so it's indoor racing wow. um that's gotta be loud it is and smells um like joe's carding yes exactly <laughs> but much colder colder <laughs> because the doors are always open to get it um we were just at carney for the indoor demolition derby uh, for Cornhusker Chaos, uh, for Reckless Promotions. Um, What's been your favorite? Um, I I would say when we raced at the Tulsa Shootout was probably my favorite thing to do with my nephew. Um, because I, so I'm not one to want to sit in the grandstands. If we're going to the races, I'm going to be back in the pits where I can see what people are doing, you know. Yeah, yeah kind of. Yeah. There's racing. Yes, yeah, there, there is. is. There is. Um, I've seen uh, Talladega Nights. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I I would say the Tulsa shootout is probably the neatest thing I've that we've done. Um, I've always wanted to do, it's called... I don't know if they even do it anymore, but where we snowmobile, it's called the 88. So there's two people. Your ages have to add up to 88. Oh. And then you race. Um, at least 88 or right at 88? At least 88. Okay. 88 or above. And you you run this course across the mountain, up hills and through pipelines. And, yeah, it, I always thought that would be fun. But now that I'm older... You know, the cold seems to affect me a little, <laughs> a little more. Wait, so Frank, you had one yeah, other thing sorry. you've been doing these last few, the uh, the, uh, the exit strategy. Oh, yes. Yeah. So, uh, and actually it was Brad started this, but yeah. uh, words, so. yeah, you did with uh, whoever it was, uh, Steve-O, Steve the law dog. He said, don't pull out. Yep. <laughs> what's uh, what's your words of wisdom as we exit? What's the, the one phrase you want everyone to know and, and to live by? Uh... One. It's kind of putting you on the spot. Yeah, it is. It is. Uh, sorry. Uh, be. I guess my thing is, is 
be kind, and this is cliche, but be kind to everybody. You have somebody move into your small town. We all know small towns are kind of cliquish. Except the new people that are trying to build a life there to just be friendly to and nice to everybody. I mean, that, of course, unless they piss you off. But, <laughs> but I mean, honestly, I mean, you, Frank, you and I really have become friends. Yeah. Um, Brad, we, I mean, you're always friendly to me. Um, that's one of the biggest things moving here that I've noticed is that certain people, well, you're not born here, you're not raised here, you're not from here, so you're an outsider, and they treat you like an outsider. And then there's other people like you guys that don't matter where you came from, don't care how much money you have or don't have, or just be just be nice to people. Just drink beer and be on our yeah, podcast. That's yeah, what we want. exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So just mm-hmm. be kind. That's the words you're, yep, you're going to sure. live by. Nailed it. Well done, sir. Sounds like...